Good evening. Our top story today on Player Profiler today, free agency frenzy. Things are really heating up in the NFL. Deals are starting to get talked about. There are some people who are getting shunned from their deals. There's some deals that are actually starting to come together into fruition. And one of the biggest ones that I wanted to talk about tonight is Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. We all know that the former Cleveland Browns quarterback had a stellar elite season, but is that going to warrant him getting a top quarterback deal? And how's that going to impact Mike Evans? And also, how's Mike Evans' presence going to impact whatever we see from Baker if he does re-sign with the Bucs? There's a ton more news. Like, normally this is a really boring time in the offseason. Not this time. There's a ton going on this week. NFL Combine starts this week. NFL coaches are fleeing, or college coaches are fleeing the NFL in droves. That and much, much more on Player Profiler today. All right, guys, so there's a lot. There's so much happening in the NFL. So like I said before, typically this is a really, quote-unquote, boring time of the offseason. But the way that the NFL, they stack their calendar, and they do it really well. We're in the midst of a free agency frenzy. The NFL Combine's coming. The draft is right around the corner. You got pro days. You got a lot of stuff happening um, but one of the biggest things that's going to really drive a lot of what team rosters are going to look like is free agency. Now, top story to me, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, a ton of other players, but really let's start with them. So it does seem, according to Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times, that Baker and the Bucks they've started some preliminary discussions. And all, all sides are really pointing to them getting a deal done. I do think that Baker is going to be a Buccaneer for the long haul. And I do think that I also actually think they're going to figure out something with Mike Evans, but his deal is going to be a little bit more dicey. He's an older receiver. He's made it very clear that he wants to retire a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, but his price tag is going to be pretty hefty. It's going to be over likely $20 million a year. So thinking about where he is in his career, even though a lot of people slept on him coming into this season, he is an older receiver. You've seen his best football is definitely behind him now. So what is that impact going to be? I actually think that it's going to be really interesting. There's there's neither one of these guys are going to get tagged. It's pretty clear, and many reports have shown that Winfield is going to be the one getting the tag, the amazing all-pro safety. But it does seem like they're going to be a package deal. And I just wanted to kind of explore what would Baker Mayfield's season and fantasy production potentially look like with and without Mike Evans. So if he's able to keep Mike Evans, I think he could actually continue to build on this elite year he's had. He's been what number one in the league or one of the top in the league at deep passes, air yards. He was really killing it. And obviously a big part of that was Mike Evans. I think that if you're able to keep Mike Evans, you're now getting a former offensive coordinator, Cohen, from the Rams. And this could be like his new little trio, similar to what he had with Cooks, Woods, and Cup when they won the Super Bowl. I think that there's so much potential for this offense. They're going to have Godwin, who's a year older, but he's still really solid like we saw down the stretch. Mike Evans, if he can give you anything close to what he gave you last year, I think that's a big bonus. And I am a massive, massive fan. Of Palmer. I think that, especially if Evans is out of the picture, Palmer could have a lights out season. But even if Evans is there, I do think he's going to emerge as that number three, maybe even the number two by the end of the season. The question I have is I have a really high level of confidence 
that are going to get a deal done with Baker. I have a significantly lower, I mean, still decently high because he wants to be a buck for life, but way lower than Baker confidence that Mike Evans is going to get a deal done. And there's a lot of teams where he could be a really great plug and play fit. So if Baker has Mike Evans, I think he'll be a really sneaky play, especially in redraft and fantasy. If he does not have Mike Evans, I know there's like a ton of Baker fans out there, a su surprising amount because I hear it in my comments every day. He could have a pretty bad season. Mike Evans really does like a lot for that offense, taking the top off of that off the defenses for um, lack of a cliche. Um, he is a big part of how Baker had such a stellar season, over 4,000 yards, 28 passing touchdowns. The thing that Baker really scarily reminds me of is Geno Smith when he had his breakout season. His breakout season, we were all thinking, all right, Geno, hopefully next year he's going to be like a top 10 guy again. Um, he was playing amazing in his system, really good deep ball thrower, very similar to Baker. Um, but the one thing was he was really limiting his turnovers, just like Baker did this year. But Geno was at the top of the league in interceptable and danger plays. And if you guys check out Baker Mayfield's profile on playerprofile.com, you'll also see this past season, Baker was not shining. Like, he had a lot of interceptable balls. He had a lot of dangerous plays. And he kind of got lucky and bailed out some of those times. He's also playing in a weak division. That's not changing. But it really does strike me. If you do not have Mike Evans, you do not have that player who's going to take the top off the defense. You could use Trey Palmer like that, but say they don't we can really see like a, a Gino level fall off that we saw in Baker where Gino was solid. He was not like terrible, but he wasn't building on the first season he had. So that's my biggest concern. So we have a lot more news to, except to talk about that. I think that Baker's going to get a deal done. I think that Mike Evans, I'm closer to 50, 50 on him, but we have so much more to talk about, especially and like college coaches who are leaving college to go to the NFL, sometimes taking a demotion. Um, there's a lot of schematic changes I want to talk about too. And we're going to talk about a lot of that on the other side of this break, where we're going to give you a little bit more information about our really cool data analysis tool from the Podfather. All right. I want to take a moment today to talk to you about data analysis, the data analysis tool. We listen to the users. What do you want? What do you need? And we made it happen. We added popular reports like a fantasy scoring report, air yards report, and if you want to create a new report, but you don't necessarily want to look through every field, we have quick results. Hey, show me the most popular passing data. Show me the most popular rushing data, fantasy data. Done. And the thing just is much faster than it's ever been. And the report builder got a lot easier. I mean, check this out. We break it down into offense, defense. Show me just fantasy data elements. And then when you get results, hey, show me by draft year. Let's take a look at just certain players that played a certain number of snaps or a certain number of games last year. This is the tool that so many of you have been asking for, plus a bunch of dream features that Billy wanted and Cody wanted and I wanted and Dario wanted. So go to the Fantasy Tools section, click on Data Analysis, or go to playerprofiler.com slash data dash analysis. All right, welcome back, guys. Um, those data tools are incredibly cool. This data analysis feature is incredible. If you are trying to take and level up your fantasy play, regardless of redraft, dynasty, superflex, dynasty, any of that, these are the tools you need. And honestly, if you're just in our industry and you just want a better way to break down the play on the field, you got to make sure you take a look at these tools because this next player I'm going to talk about 
will jump off all of the charts <laughs> that he was just talking about. So that's Nico Collins. Um, it does look like there's mutual interest in them getting a deal done um, between Nico Collins and the Houston Texans. He had an amazing season this year. I'm um, going for over 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, over 80 receptions in only 15 games. He didn't even play all 17. Um, yards per reception, ninth in the league with 16.2. Um, and he was second in yards per route run with 3.24 yards per route run. That is one of those stats that tell you how efficient a receiver is at playing ball. And he was amazing. And again, that's one of the stats, like many others, that will jump off the page at you with that data analysis tool for Nico Collins. Um, I it does seem like there's mutual interest. He did say that if I mean if there's interest in them, cool, but I'm also willing to wait it out. But it does look like more of a situation of a matter of when, not if, he's gonna get a deal done. Now, that is such a big deal from a fantasy perspective. There was no, I mean, he was going to play with CJ Stroud this year, no matter what. But I do think that that is a big boost for CJ Stroud and Dynasty, where you were likely going to get a contract done, all things, knock on wood, all health and all things considered with Nico Collins. Tank Dell is going to come back. And even though I do think he may have a relatively slow start, he's going to be there for OTAs. He was going to hopefully begin to play and get things going. But obviously, he's, a, he's going to be a second-year player. He's going to be good to go moving forward. CJ Stroud's ceiling, like he is a top three dynasty quarterback no question to me like he is an amazing talent and now you're locking in two of his really high performing weapons for potentially the long haul so i do think like we got to keep our eye on this nico collins deal because that's going to have major impact on him i'm also I'm significantly. There we go. Okay. Don't, I have no clue what happened there, but we're going to keep rocking. Okay. So Nico Collins looks like they're going to get a deal done. May not be this off season, but it does seem like both team or both sides have interest in him getting one done now on like, I guess a negative side of things, the Raiders, they have not engaged in any contract talks with Josh Jacobs. And that's kind of, I mean, we all expected that. Um, if they were to tag him again, it's about a $13.7 million tag. And while Josh Jacobs would love that, um, they're not going to tag him two times in a row. If they're not even engaging in talks yet, I don't know if that relationship's becoming a little frosty. And I think he there's opportunities for him to leave the team. So I do think that it's a I'm giving it over a 50% chance that he's not going to resign with the Raiders. There's options for them, especially in the draft this year, where they can just get somebody young to fit that scheme. And also for Josh Jacobs, there's a ton of opportunities. Like I know the Chargers have continued to come up, um, but the one that does seem like a really amazing fit would be the Cowboys. And it also feels like a Jerry Jones type of move. Um, they're likely not going to be bringing back Tony Pollard. I, I agree with Matt Babbage. He said yesterday that Tony Pollard to Houston would probably make a ton of sense. I agree with that. 
But Josh Jacobs on the Cowboys with those weapons, that offensive line, and the scheme in particular that Mike McCarthy runs, he does seem like he'd be like a better version of what we last saw of Zeke in that offense. So there's a ton of upside if Josh Jacobs were to be able to make that type of move. Um, but at the end of the day, what I'm saying is it does seem like he's not going to be back on the Raiders. It's just too too heavy of a price tag um, for uh, a player like that where you could just go get a rookie in this draft. There's a t- there's This is one of the drafts where there may not be like some amazing first-round rookie running back, but there's so much depth in like the second through fourth round that I think teams are going to take advantage of that, and we're going to see it beginning this week at the NFL Combine. All right, so next. This is not a free agency story yet, but it, I mean, it's, it's, it actually will never be a free agency story unless they cut him and they're not going to cut him. They're like going to trade him. But uh, just owner Woody Johnson said the team needs a backup quarterback in 2024. And he also said he said something else. We did. Yeah, he said we didn't have a backup last year, which is kind of a, a direct shot at Zach Wilson. Um But I do think even though this seems like a story you don't really need to pay attention to. It clearly matters for Garrett Wilson in particular. Um, Aaron Rodgers, 40-year-old, going to be older heading into this season, coming off of Achilles surgery. I don't care I don't care what type of rehab he's on. He's an older player with an Achilles injury. That's not – like, I don't love that prospect for him next year. And even if he's playing most of the games, them having a secure backup is really important to fantasy, in particular, again, with Garrett Wilson. I think Brees Hall is really creeping his way up my rankings no matter what happens at quarterback. But obviously, if they have Aaron Rodgers, I'm liking him, honestly, in my top five. And probably he's he's moving up higher and higher and higher in redraft for me every single time I look at my rankings. But we've seen like Garrett Wilson. I mean, he's a receiver. He clearly he is so dependent on who's throwing him the ball. So if they're able to get I mean, they I mean, it's gonna be hard to get like a player like a Gardner Minshew, but a quality backup like that. I think that's going to give me that much more confidence in investing in him, especially in a redraft league where he's a borderline first round pick. But man, like we've literally seen this story where we've gotten burned and they didn't have a backup like the owner has said. Um, I think that them getting a backup is really critical, especially when it looks like they're likely going to be trading Zach Wilson for some shekels. <laughs> so he's he's not going to be on the desk next year. They need to invest in a very solid quality backup. Um, player for Aaron Rodgers, who's on the very, very, very end of his career. And that obviously has a major impact on Garrett Wilson. The only other thing from a free agency standpoint I wanted to talk about was it seems like the Dolphins are making some moves um, on the defensive side of the ball mostly. So they're going to be releasing, if they haven't already released Xavier um, Howard, they've released Emmanuel Ogba. And there are actually some some rumors that Zayvon Howard wants to go to Houston. He's actually from Houston, um, played at Baylor. So that actually would be a pretty good fit schematically as well with D'Amico Ryan's um, scheme. But to me, this is something, that, again, from a fantasy standpoint, I just always keep my eyes on these defensive players and what that's going to mean for the defensive unit. I am I'm going to continue to be worried, more and more worried about the Miami Dolphins defense next year, which I think could actually have some positive impact on some of the offensive players in Miami but more of a thing that I'm going to be starting to schedule watch if it does look pretty horrendous starting at the beginning of the season. We got to remember, I think Van Ginkle is a free agent. Their two main rushers, Chubb and Phillips, had really catastrophic injuries later in the season. So we do not know when they're going to be come back, coming back. And we don't know at what level they're going to be returning to, like at what height of play. 
I think that this team could potentially have a pretty bad defense heading into next season. Now, we're at the beginning of free agency. We didn't even have the draft yet, so all this may change. But at this point in the offseason, you're just putting little nuggets of information in the back of your head. Back of your head. You just want to keep track of these things as we continue to go throughout the offseason. Like, if we do not see significant like player talent improvement, some schematic improvement, I do think that the Miami Dolphins defense could be rather bad and maybe one that we want to target in fantasy. All right, so that's from a free agency standpoint. There's a lot of other things happening. Again, the, the NFL combine begins this week, and so there's a lot more news that we're going to start to see, and you're going to see all of that talked about on this channel, so make sure you guys subscribe. Next, college coaches, they are – they are leaving the college game in droves. I actually didn't know. We were up to, I think, 24 college coaches who've taken the jump from college to the NFL. And we obviously know about some of the bigger names like Jim Harbaugh, Cliff Kingsbury. But there's a ton of coordinators who actually had opportunities to get if they're let's say they're like a running backs coach. They had opportunities to get offensive coordinator jobs and defense coordinator jobs if they stayed in the college ranks. But a lot of them are choosing to move from college to the NFL, and a lot of it is because of NIL and the transfer portal. Um, we've all seen players hopping all over the place in college, and it's really hard, especially if you're like, let's say, a novice at college football. It's hard to keep track of who's where. Um, but obviously for the coaches, that's been really tough to just do any sort of planning from a, a schematic standpoint for your offense or your defense. And we're seeing a lot of coaches take the jump. The latest one um, that I saw was Kill McDonald. He was the running back coach at USC. Um, and he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be doing the same thing. Yeah, he's going to be doing the same thing with the Chargers. Um, and obviously there's going to be some implications there too, because he was coaching Marshawn Lloyd. Um, he was at Utah where he actually has some um, good relationship with Zach Moss. So there's some, those, those things are things we need to start to keep an eye on as well, but it is, it's a ton of coaches. I was going to just read off some of the names if I could find it. Here it is. And obviously they're trying to play an ad. All right. So we have Jim Harbaugh, obviously, uh, Scott Huff, offensive line coach at Alabama. He's going to be O-line coach at C in Seattle. A lot of parallel moves, like Mike Elston, D-line coach at Michigan, D-line coach of the Chargers. Dennis Johnson, D-line coach at Baylor, D-line coach of the Ravens. Chris O'Leary, safeties coach at Notre Dame, safeties coach of the Chargers. Um, a lot the Chargers are really doing a lot of the poaching. Um, Charlie Bullen, offensive – oh, offensive – Outside linebacker coach of Illinois, outside linebacker coach of the Giants. You're seeing a lot of lateral moves and a lot of like quote unquote demotion um, moves. And so, I am a one. Of, I'm of the mindset that I actually think it's fine if the coaches want to do that. If the coaches think like they can't predict what their players are going to do, they can't really deal with all the NIL money and the fact that they're really competing against bigger organizations that have just, just just chests of money to give their players that they just want to make the leap to the NFL. I think it's perfectly making those moves. Um, capitalism, like the players are generating revenue. So to me, I've always been of the ilk, like they should be getting a cut of that. And I don't, I hate like the, the, representation of like the players being greedy in college because they're taking like the NIL money or they're making these transfer moves that are kind of best what they say is best for them. We literally allow that 
in every respect of life. So I, I always just think it's kind of weird when people just get up in arms about the players doing the things that the coaches kind of do all the time. So I really think both sides are correct. If coaches want to leave college to go to the NFL, it's a great opportunity, especially if that's the big lead that you want to get to, go do it. But I also think it's fine for the players to do it as well. That's just my soapbox on that. All right, next. There's a lot of moves that are happening in the NFL from a coach's standpoint that I think are going to have direct impacts on our fantasy roster. So, and I'm talking about more scheme wise. So I just wanted to run through in this segment, some of the coaching changes and what that may mean for like one of your more favorite fantasy players on that team. All right. So now Greg Roman is back guys. He's going to be the offensive coordinator for the chargers. Uh, we know him for being the OC for the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of times really frustratingly from a Lamar Jackson standpoint, um, his team runs the ball and he recently was caught saying like they're going to be emphasizing balance strong powerful identity um that's what he was saying in his intro press conference so again i stress to you guys i like justin herbert i think he's going to probably have one of his better overall seasons this year but i think statistically you're in for a pretty like pretty capped season um, I keep the number that keeps floating to me is like 25 and five. I think really efficient does what he needs to do, but they're going to be handing the ball off a ton. I don't know if their number one running back is on the roster right now. It may end up being Blake Corum because he's taking all his guys from college. So why not take your running back that you love? Um, but yeah, like they were the Baltimore Ravens were top six in rush attempts every year. He was the OC, if not number one in the league from a rush attempt standpoint. Jim Harbaugh, Greg Roman, everything is screaming at you. They are going to pound the rock. And while Justin Herbert will be solid from an NFL standpoint, I'm really trying my best to avoid him in fantasy because I just don't see the upside there um, with how they're planning to, to work this offense. So that's one. Very similar. I mean, there's actually most of these updates are basically about teams who want to run the ball a ton. Uh, Seahawks head coach Mike McDonald said the team would emphasize the run in 2024. Um, obviously, like I was just mentioning, he comes from Baltimore. Even without Greg Merlman last year, they were at the top of the league in rush attempts. And I think that from a fantasy standpoint and a fantasy impact standpoint, this is going to – I think we're in a true committee situation here. Um, Kenneth Walker, um, Zach Charbonnet, neither one of them are going anywhere. Both of them are pretty high-profile prospects, and they're going to be true thunder and lightning all year, more so than what we even saw last year where Ken Walker was pretty dominant from a touch – in a carry percentage standpoint in the beginning of the season. And I think it's going to be very close to 50-50 with these two guys. Um, and so whatever I would, I mean, I would always recommend in those situations, I'm going to just take the guy with like better value. Kenneth Walker is going to go higher in like nearly every draft. I'm going to just pick up Zach Charbonnet, kind of similar to like the last year Zeke was in Dallas with Tony Pollard. Like people are drafting Zeke higher than Tony. Just get the value later, and maybe you'll be surprised by the upside like we were that year with Tony Pollard. And I think we're going to likely be this year with Zach Charbonnet. Um, so I, I really I'm, – I'm a big fan of taking Zach Charbonnet anywhere I can because the value is going to definitely be there. And I'm kind of avoiding Kenneth Walker again this year. Um, another super heavy, crazy heavy running offense that we're likely going to see is the New England Patriots. So Alex Van Pelt. He said his offense in New England is going to be similar to what he was running in Cleveland. And that is another team where they were usually, when he was the offensive coordinator, top five in rush attempts every single year. Um, they obviously had Nick Chubb for most of those seasons. 
Um, but I do think that Ramondre is going to get a pretty heavy workload. And over the last few weeks, he's been stumping for that rather heavily. He said, I want to be a featured back for the Patriots. And he told that to on Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe. I think there's an opportunity for him to do it. Now, Van Pelt, he, like Nick Chubb, we always wanted Nick Chubb to get more carries, but Nick Chubb got a ton of work. Um, it was kind of a committee with Cream Hunt, but Nick Chubb was really the one who stole the show if he was healthy. I don't, unless they make a move in the draft, which they can always do, there's not that version of a player on the Patriots roster. And Ramondre has been really adamant. It's like, I, like, I need to be on the field on third downs. If he gets what he wants and is on the field on first, second, and third down, and he's basically just going to be getting spelled by Kevin Harris or like a draft pick, he has immense, immense, immense upside. He he still has a decent amount of receptions for a player who didn't play on third downs a ton. And I think if he's able to get stay on the field on third downs, get the goal line work, like we're really sleeping on a, a really big workhorse opportunity with Ramondre Stevenson, especially if they take a quarterback early who they're going to want to run the ball really heavily with. And especially if it's Jaden Daniels, a quarterback who's going to open things up for him. I think there's so much upside with Ramondre. He's a guy who's going to continue to rise in our offseason rankings rather consistently. All right, so that's the end of that segment. The last things I wanted to touch on um, was really the NFL um, – what is it called? NFL Combine. <laughs> I'm losing my mind today, guys. So the NFL Combine is happening this week. So this is where all, like, I think it's nearly 300 players are going to come to Indianapolis, to Lucas Oil Stadium. They're going to have a ton of interviews. Um, they're going to have a lot of media availability. They're going to have team um, meetings one-on-one -on -one with a ton of different teams. And they're obviously going to be put through the ringer, getting their measurements, getting their um, – like all their um, attributes um, downloaded, and then they're going to be running a lot of drills, running the 40, shuttle, um, broad jump, all that good stuff. And you're going to get a real good base for some of those questionable prospects from like a size perspective or a speed perspective. We're going to get a lot of dimensionality to these players as they head into the draft. But this is also a place where, and I do think it's kind of slept on, especially in free agency, like so much discussion happens here every single time. This is, I mean, you think about it, tons of coaches are coming, and I'll touch on that in a little bit, but a lot of coaches are going to be here. Every single general manager in their office is going to be here. Um, agents, like, right, just players who are not like rookies, they're just free agents are going to be there. There's going to be just a ton of discussion, and I do think we're going to see a lot of news coming out this week, so make sure, again, that you guys subscribe to Player Profiler today, and uh, make sure you subscribe to this channel on YouTube and everywhere else you're viewing it. Um, but I do think it's really interesting that there are some coaches now who are starting to like hang back. Um, the biggest one, and I think it's been getting a lot of criticism, is Mike McCarthy. So Mike McCarthy and Mike Zimmer are going to be hanging back and not attending the combine. He actually did that last year, too. And he said because he just wants to continue to get his staff together, the schematic changes together, and they want to work on that and really focus on that this week. Um, he's been getting kind of criticized heavily for that. And obviously, like, they had a terrible, horrendous, garbage, whatever you want to call it, ending to their season. And I think a lot of that is, no matter what he does, he's going to just get beat up until they make it further in the playoffs and don't get embarrassed. But I actually think this is, like, one of those incredibly over, 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 overblown stories. 
the same thing is likely going to happen with Gerard Mayo. Um, it's not as definitive, but it does look like he's not going to go either. And this will be the first time in like 13 years that the Patriots head coach has not been at the combine. Obviously, it was Bill Belichick prior to that. I think that's like super healthy. Like he's still good. Like these coaches are still going to be talking to the candidates. They're going to be on like Zoom calls and things like that. They're going to be in the interviews with a lot of the prospects, but they just don't have to physically be there. Like I think for a lot of people who kind of like they want their coach to not be the general manager. They want their coach to fully separate those duties. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Like if you want that to be the case and you don't want like that Bill Belichick style where the coach is the GM and all personnel decisions run through them. This is 100% healthy. Every team's GM front office that are going to be at the combine. I want those guys to give me the player evaluations and I want the coaches to give me some insights, but I don't need them making decisions. I need my general manager to be trusted and fully like given the ability to make those decisions. And so I think people are really tripping on this. Like it's not that big of a deal. Mike McCarthy not attending the combine means absolutely nothing as it relates to their season. They have a great like office, like they have a great front office. That front office is going to be there. They're going to draft who they need to draft. And I, I honestly don't want my head coach having too much like irrational sway in those settings. Like I don't, you don't need to see him run the 40. You're fine, bro. You can just hang back, let the GMs and all the staff do their job, bring back the information to you. Obviously, you still have like hours of meetings with them and then make your decision together. I think this is this is the most non-story story of the entire offseason. But yeah, so the NFL Combine is going to be kicking off. Like we're going to be getting um official um the actual like players are going to start their what am I saying? The, the players are going to start doing the um, drills and things on Thursday. So it's going to be defensive linemen and linebackers on Thursday, defensive backs and tight ends, which is a weird mix on Friday on Saturday is going to be quarterbacks and wide receivers, which is that's this year that Saturday is the day Saturday at 1 PM lock in on your TVs. Cause that's going to be the day you're going to get all these high profile quarterbacks, high profile receivers. You're going to just see, let's, let's finally just see what's going on with this class because it is just a talent filled class in that respect and then the last day you just leave the big uglies and special teamers you got the offensive linemen place kickers and special teams but we're going to start hearing some more um, from the teams beginning tuesday when they start their media availability so again make sure you guys stay tuned um make sure you guys stay locked in on this youtube channel and make sure you subscribe we go live at seven every day we're giving you the latest news and we're going to give you the latest tips on fantasy football. So you guys always want to be locked in every day at seven, no matter what it's going to be me, Ahan, Jack, Matt, like any, like we're going to be up here giving you the latest information about the NFL. So make sure you guys stay tuned in, especially this week. And let me know in the comments, if there's something that you want us to talk about in the next show, but take care guys. Peace out. From the pod father to you, I deeply appreciate you tuning in. And many ask, what can I do? What can I do to help support the host, the research they do, the production costs? Go to playerprofiler.com, Dynasty Deluxe, World Famous Draft Kit, Rankings, DFS Dominator, and of course, Data Analysis. Subscribe to any one of those, and you support all of us, and take Player Profiler to the moon.